Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. All right. Uh, today, obviously, service is going to be um, a, l- a little bit shorter. We're not going to belabor this, but we wanted to do just something kind of fun um, to bring home just a very simple point for everybody here. And, uh, and to start with, I want to actually get some of the kids to engage with this, okay? Because there's a question that a lot of us have experienced in adults. You've also had this question asked of you. In fact, many adults are probably still asking yourself this question. The question is, what do I want to be when I grow up? How many adults are still trying to figure that out? Right, yeah, seriously, all right. Uh, so how many kids have, have thought about that question before? Okay, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want to get some ideas or some examples of things that you want to be when you grow up. So I want you to shoot your hand up super high, and then I'm going to call on you. So if you have something where, okay, right here, yes. A what? A server, like at a restaurant? They make good money, bud. That is excellent. Awesome. Okay, who else? What do you want to be when you grow up? Yes. A police officer. How many police officers do we have who want to be police officers? I wanted to be a police officer. I, I wanted to be a police officer big time. Okay, over here. Uh, someone else. So, okay, yeah. Oh, dude, Jason, yes. A football player. That is right. How many other people want to be football players when they grow up? Awesome. <laughs> Tori. <laughs> I. I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> we, need you <laughs> we need you on drums. Don't break yourself. We just, we need you in one piece. Okay. Uh, let's do another one. So, okay. Someone over here. Yes. A firefighter. That is an excellent one to be. Okay. We're going to do a couple more coming right here. Oh, I got the two sisters, both of you guys real quick. Whoa, okay, that's amazing. That's incredible. What about you? A dancing cook? And a ballerina. A dancing cook ballerina. That's amazing. Are you, are you going to work at the restaurant that he's a server at? I can see how this is, is working all together. Okay, oh, there are so many, so many, so many. Okay, I'm gonna do a few more. I'm gonna do, come back over here. Let's see, oh, this is where it gets so fun. Ah, what kid's heart am I gonna hurt today? Um, in the very back. Yes. A flight attendant. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, okay, right here, right here. Yes. A professional hockey player. Not an amateur hockey player, a professional. I'm glad you put that in there. That's really important. Okay, one more in this area. Oh, with the cast. That's amazing. That's like extra effort to get that up there. That's amazing. Okay, what do you want to be? A professional gymnast. Did that happen from gymnastics? Okay, good, because you might want to rethink your profession. Okay, uh, let's see here. Yes, glasses. My buddy right there. Yes. What do you want to be? 
An astronaut. Oh, that is a good one. Okay, I'm sure there are many, many more, and I'm sorry that I broke your heart because you didn't get to share. Um, But thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. We all kind of think and process through that question a lot, the question a lot. But but I I wanna hopefully offer you a different question today because a lot of times we can ask, what do I want to be when I grow up? But really, that question has everything to do with what you do, not who you are. The question that I want to put before you today for just a couple of minutes as we talk is who has God made you to be? Because before you can do anything, before you can be an astronaut or a server or a flight attendant or a a dancing ballerina cook, before you can do any of those things, You have to understand who you are and who God made you to be. Because what happens is, say life doesn't go the way you plan. I know, heaven forbid that that happens. But say that life doesn't go exactly the way you think. You still get to be anchored in who God made you to be. The thing that does not change is who he created you to be and who he says that you are. See, here's the thing, that as you grow up, and and adults, you would know this in this room, that you can either be defined by either one of those questions. What do I want to do? What do I want to be? What do I, or or who has God made me to be? And we understand what life looks like with those two questions. So I want to think about those today for just a little bit here. I can do this. Okay, you'll do that part. Okay, so we can begin to define ourselves by what the world says that we are. So, or another way to say that would be what we do gives us value. It tells us how valuable we are. And some of the things that we can look at is, am I good at school? And if we feel like we're good at school, then I might have a lot of value or I might be wanted. But what if you're not so good at school, then you might feel like maybe you don't have a lot of value and you won't really be able to do very well in life. And sometimes we look at maybe we're really good at sports and that gives us our value. Or sometimes we're like, I am not good at sports at all. So I must be kind of lame. I don't have anything good to offer the world. Um, Another thing, what about if we obey our parents? Well, my sister's really good at obeying, but I'm kind of, I don't know, I mess up all the time. Or maybe we think, I'm really good at obeying and they are just the worst. You know, does anybody else in the room have those thoughts? Well, guess what? We sometimes let that tell us who we are. And it leads us to, to the places that God doesn't want to see us. Like we aren't supposed to see ourselves that way. We're actually supposed to see ourselves the way he sees us. But some other things is we can think like, oh, my mom really loves my brother. And it might be that maybe she's just taking care of your brother a lot more in this season, but it's made you feel like maybe you aren't as valuable. And sometimes things happen in our lives that tell us, hey, I'm not very good or I don't have much worth. Does anybody know how much a penny is worth? One cent, right? She's priceless. I know, our penny is priceless, but a penny penny is one cent. Um, (laughs) My penny is priceless to me. Um, What about a dollar? How much is a dollar worth? 
100 pennies, yeah. You know what? That's the value of those things. And in life, sometimes we determine that we're either worth a penny or we're worth a hundred pennies, or we're worth a thousand pennies. But God actually wants us to, find, to define our worth a different way. He wants us to get our value from something else, from Him. He doesn't want us to get our value from what we see or what culture says. Because does anybody here like to watch TV? Yeah, sometimes TV or looking at um, videos or different things on screens, that tries to tell us who we are. It tries to say, this is what you should look like, or this is how you should dress, or this is how you should talk, or this is what you should do when you grow up. But you know what? We actually don't have to let those things tell us who we are. Those things don't get to tell you how to dress. God made you the way you are and he made you like the things that you like and those are good. Mm-hmm. That's right. So what happens is as we, as we live life, these things that Ellie was just saying can tend to pollute our life. We can start to get our identity and our value in some of these other things they're talking about and it starts to cloud who God created you to be. It starts to to make you into something that God never intended you to be. Or you're so bound up that the only thing you can think about is I have to look this way, act this way, do this thing, have the car, have the house, have the job, have this 401k, have to have all of these things figured out to have any kind of worth in life. And what's happened is who you are has been polluted, changed. And I'm telling you what, that the enemy wants to use everything around us to lie about who we are, to pollute who God designed us to be. You see it all over the place. And I don't care what age you are, we all wrestle with this. I don't care if you're the oldest person in this room, I can guarantee you, you still struggle with who you are in Christ, with the things that pollute your worth, your value, Maybe, maybe I don't have anything to offer anybody anymore. We start to believe a lie. But here's the thing, is that even though the enemy tries to use culture and all these things to lie about who you are, we don't have to listen to him. We don't have to let this be us. But it takes something very specific that we have to do. You see, in the Bible, there's a lot of different things that God says about who you are. I want to give you just a few of them today. And I want to use these to remind you about who he is. And then I want to show you just the power of this, what takes place in our life, okay? Some of these things, okay? Kids, adults, these are for you. You are created with intention and detail, You're not an accident. Psalm 139, 13 says, for it was you, God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Every detail about who you are was made, was crafted. You are awesome and wonderful because God made you. He's the creator. He's the master creator that created everything that we see. And it is perfect and it is beautiful. You're wonderful and you're awesome because God made you. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you're wonderful and awesome. And now tell them, because God made you. 
Another thing to remember, your days have been planned out from the beginning of time. So, verse 16 of Psalm 139, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days are written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. All of these things as you go down, this is a beautiful one. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. Because of what Jesus did, he came and he died on the cross to pay the price for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could live as a child of God. Childs are a child, childs, childs, children, I'm still thinking about the video. Children are a lot different than just friends and slaves, but you're children. But not only that, you are a friend of God. God calls you his friend. You are his masterpiece. Don't let anybody lie to you to say that you are messed up and that you are wrong and that you are bad. You are God's masterpiece. He created you and formed you. You are complete in Christ. You see, before we come to the cross and before we put our faith in Jesus, when we're living on our own, we're incomplete, we're empty. We have no way. There's a hole inside of us that cannot be filled but for one person, and that's Jesus. And when we give our lives to the Lord, he comes and he makes our life complete. It's beautiful. And all of these things, and God loves you and has chosen you. Now, what happens about this, which is so cool, is that when we begin to fill ourselves with these things that God says over us, something changes. That you are chosen. That you are beautiful that you are a masterpiece, that God loves you, that you are his child, that he knew you before you were made in the womb. He formed you, he knit you together. And when we start to let these thoughts of God just invade our world, then what happens is, even though we live in a world where all of these lies about who you are come against you and surround you all the time, if we fill ourselves with the identity of Christ, look what's in us. See, See, the Bible teaches that we are in the world, that the lies that the enemy tries to tell you about, you're worthless, you're pointless, you're an accident, you're a mistake, all of these things, you're imperfect, you should be like that in order for you to actually be worth something. All of those things surround us all the time. But the Bible says that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Yeah. There is something completely different that makes you And you do not have to wait until you're an adult to be a child of God. Right. That's the beautiful thing. You actually don't have to wait till you're an adult to let the word begin to clean how you see yourself. You can start to believe right now, no matter what age you are, whether you're a child or you're, you know, 99, it doesn't matter. You can begin to allow the word to clean the way that you're thinking and to wash over you and begin to saturate your life and tell you who you are. You don't have to wait until you're a teenager. You don't have to wait until you're in college. You can actually make a decision even today to say, Jesus, I trust you and I put my hope in you and I wanna believe you and I wanna believe what you say about me. I don't wanna believe what the world says about me. I wanna believe what you say about me. And I believe that you died on the cross to carry my shame, to carry my sin so that I could walk 
all my days with you, that you have made me whole, that you are the one that is doing a good work in me, that I don't have to perform. I don't have to be good at everything. I don't have to prove myself or even try to be exactly what my parents want me to be. I can be whole in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, if you're here, and you've never actually put your hope in Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to save me. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to wash me and I want you to cleanse me and make me whole. If you've never done that before, we wanna give you an opportunity this morning to put your hope and your trust in Jesus, that what he says about you is true that you're lovely, that you're made in his image, that you are a Christ bearer. And you can do that this morning. And you know, there's, there's really just a simple thing that, that begins this process and it's talking to Jesus. It's literally telling him, I wanna give you my life. I believe you. I believe that you died for me. I put my faith in you and I trust you. And then you begin to walk that out with him. You begin to talk to him. And, and really we're, what we do is we enter into a relationship. You know, it's not just coming to church and being good. That doesn't save us. That doesn't give us Jesus. What gives us Jesus is when we walk with him when we talk with him, when we spend time with him, when we decide his word is more true than what my TV tells me. His word is more true than the, the lies that I hear in my head. His word is the truth and I wanna put my trust in him. So if you've never done that before, I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. And here we pray it all together. Even if we've prayed it a hundred times, you don't have to pray it a hundred times. One time is enough. But what we do is we support one another. So that if somebody in here is praying that prayer for the first time, they hear all of us believe this together. We all agree that Jesus is our savior, that we have a need. And so I'm gonna lead us in this prayer and I just invite you to pray along with me. And afterward, if this is the first time you've prayed this prayer, you've never asked Jesus into your heart before, you've never asked him to save you, I would invite you to just fill out that connection card. And if you're a kid, have your parents help you because we wanna know that you made this decision. It's a big deal to begin to walk with the Lord. And there are many things that come after that that we wanna give you that help you be able to walk with Jesus. So let's pray this together and then take a minute and fill that card out if this is your first time praying it. Jesus, I come to you. I recognize that I am a sinner, that I need you. I want to be made complete in you. Please forgive me of my sins and wash me. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Help me to walk with you and to know you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and enable me to walk with you all the days of my life. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, if, if this is your first time praying this prayer, honestly, it is, it is a, a wonderful moment 
It's the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of a relationship. We have a relational God, not a distant God, not some God that came and and made everything and then left. He actually wants to dwell with his people. He wants to be with the people he created. And so this is a relationship. It's a a journey. It's a process. And uh, we have gifts for you out at the connection table. If this is your first time kind of experiencing this, we would invite you to go to the connection table and grab a Bible. And we have some other resources there for you that we can give you um, to begin that journey and that relationship with Jesus. It's truly a special, special day. And we want to celebrate with you. You know, um, as we conclude, Jason and I were talking about how to wrap up a service with all the families in here. And I know we prayed for all the families up here, but we actually wanted to give opportunity for all the parents in the room, whether they were dedicating a child today or not, and all the family members and everybody that's here to pray over our children. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you have children yet or not, um, or if you have children that aren't here, they're grown and they're gone. We can still pray for them, even if they're adults. <laughs> um, but we really do want to pray over our children and pray for the next generation. And, and so I want to invite everyone to go on and stand. And uh, I want you to to lay your hands on your kids' shoulders or their heads. And if you don't have kids here, that's okay. You can either pray um, alone or with someone you came with. Um, But let's all in this room pray together over our children. And I would invite you to dads, moms, grandparents, whoever is here with the kids. I want you to pray blessing over them. Um, You can even pray those those. Uh, very words that are up on the screen. If you don't know what to pray, I would suggest praying those uh, things over your children and uh, just saying like, um, Lord, I pray that they would know that they are created with intention and detail. Help us to teach them that. Help us to impart that to them. And you can begin to pray. And I'm gonna pray from the front. And I want us just to agree that our children are the Lord's. Our children belong to Him. And so, Jesus, I just pray over each of the kids in this room, teenagers, college students, little children, babies, infants, and even all of the children that are not here, that their parents are here, their parents are here celebrating and worshiping. I pray that all of the children, that they would be yours. I pray that they would know that they're created with intention. I pray that they are, they would know that they are wonderfully made. I pray that they would know that they have been planned out and that their days were planned and that their days were ordained and their days are set apart for you. I pray that they would know that they are a masterpiece. I pray that they would be made complete in Christ. I pray that they would know that God, that you love them and that you have chosen them and called them and set them apart for your purposes. I pray that they would, every child in this room would come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that they would be able to know that you died on the cross and rose again for them. I pray that you would build their faith, that even if they have faith as small as a mustard seed, it would multiply and grow and that their faith would increase. I pray that that over the parents of this room, of this house, I pray that you would bless them and that you would give them tools for discipleship. I pray that they would know and they would know how to, how to move their families forward. I pray that you would increase their wisdom. You would increase their knowledge, that they would increase in your presence. I pray that they would be drawn away by your presence and know that you are good. I pray that you would give them hope for a future. 
And I pray blessing over our families. I pray that you would bless them and keep them and store and, and, and shore in their homes. I pray that homes that maybe have had fear or anxiety plaguing them, I pray that it would be filled with joy and laughter. I pray for peace and joy over your people. I pray for peace and joy over our kids that um, even next week as they go back to kids' life, I pray that there would be transformation that would take place, that they would go in with joy and with singing and with praise and wonder in awe at how wonderful you are. I pray that you would wash our minds and help us to know that you are good. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.